I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Penguins defensemen are getting healthy, they're getting hurt. Mike Matheson ran into a teammate yesterday at practice in Cranberry and needed help going off the ice. Visibly shaken up by this. And that, and that is the state of your Pittsburgh blue line right now. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. With this big break that Mike Sullivan, his staff, and the players have been handed by half of the Devils coming down with COVID, you would think it would represent an opportunity for everybody to get all good again, but that's not how it's going. That's not at all how it's going for this team on the back end. And I'm here to tell you today why that actually could be a good thing moving forward. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. It's not just Matheson who's been down, to say the least. Marcus Pedersen at least skated with the taxi squad yesterday morning. That was good news. No signs at all of Brian Dumoulin or Yuso Rikola, neither of whom have resumed skating yet. And now, of course, Matheson's status is right back up in the air. The only defenseman, actually who's stayed healthy through all of this has been John Marino. And it, it doesn't even seem to amuse him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy if you think about it, just, you know, just kind of the bad luck that we've had, you know, some injuries here and there, but I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone gets healthy soon. And, you know, we've, um, you know, we get rid of this kind of injury that we've been on, that we've been having. That was Marino yesterday after practice. And as you can tell, he didn't even get a, bit of a giggle out of being asked what it's like to be the last defenseman standing. But this can be positive, and there's precedent for it being positive under this head coach. When Mike Sullivan can sell his players on the merits 
of defending, first and foremost, of making that their top priority, he gets his best results. There is no question about that. None whatsoever. If you go back to when he took over the Penguins in the middle of the 2015-16 season, and they still looked a little eh upon arrival, it wasn't until he got them understanding that, look, you changed coaches, but results didn't really change. Are you going to listen to me or not? And they realized that this really, really talented team was about to blow its season if they didn't start defending. And they did. Now, a lot of other good things ended up contributing to the 2016 Stanley Cup. But it can't be a coincidence that on the morning of Game 6 in San Jose, Sullivan had exactly two words to share with Chris Letang. Just defend. Letang told me that himself that night on the ice out there at SAP Center. Just defend. Because all good things for Latang come when he's defensively sound first and then kind of does all his other stuff as gravy, not the other way around. There's only one Latang on this core, for better or worse. But the principle applies across the board as it relates to this system. Do you remember early in the 2019 20 season, how bad the Penguins were, in particular defensively. And then they had a ton of injuries. Most of those were to guys up front, were to stars. But Sullivan seized that opportunity. Brought up a bunch of, you know, Brian Gibbons types from the minors plugged some holes, but he got everybody to listen to what it was that he wanted them to do. And that's rare air for this group. It just is. That's just how it is. It's how it's been in Pittsburgh for a very, very long time. And using the phrase again, for better or worse. But man, did the team take off. Instantly, that road trip through St. Paul and Winnipeg, do you remember that? They mauled the Wild and the Jets, despite missing a ton of guys. Outworked them, uh, embarrassed them, actually, both teams, with the disparity in work ethic. And they defended. First and foremost, they defended. Since the Penguins are missing all these guys... And maybe now Matheson as well, although as I mentioned yesterday, I'm not so sure that that's a player that you want in your lineup right now anyway. But it's still another guy that's missing, and it's another left-handed guy that's missing. So you're going to have more players shifting over to the wrong side. There's a challenge there. But the challenge shouldn't just be to the replacement defenseman. The challenge should be issued to the goaltenders who need to be a lot better than they've been. And maybe this, in a weird way, will help. It'll sharpen them up. But 
way more than any of that to the forwards. Let's see them get invested and stay invested in playing 200-foot hockey. I liked what I saw from the forwards the other night on Long Island. I thought that might have been the best game that collective group has had all season. And that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's ideal. But it needs to be a together thing, the way it was through that St. Paul Winnipeg trip that really defined, it ended up defining their season. That spurt that they enjoyed, beginning with that trip, beginning with those injuries, ended up being the reason they got into the playoffs. That needs to happen. Look, this season needs some kind of pivotal breakthrough moment, doesn't it? Don't you get that sense? And and you can shrug it off because it's 11 games in, but it's a 56-game schedule. This team is still missing that moment, that, wow, hey, actually, look at us. We are pretty good. We could be doing this every night. Instead, we kind of see it in fragments and in pieces. It all needs to come together, and if there's one thing that's going to bring it together, it's going to be defending. And in this circumstance, it's going to be defending out of necessity. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you. 
when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. And today's Just One question comes from Jordan, who asks, why don't teams utilize a normal 5-on-5 concept on the power play? For example, down low puck support by the forwards, set up shots from the point, have a net front presence, rinse and repeat. Why do teams instead choose to pass around the perimeter looking for the perfect play? Jordan, this question has been asked by exasperated hockey coaches at all levels for more than a century now. When their power play stinks, and when their power play starts acting a little too power play-ish, they'll openly advocate that they should take more of a five-on-five approach. And in some events, you'll actually see the coach go with a five-on-five line out there just to try to maintain that same sense of urgency. That's what ends up getting lost, by the way, on a a lax power play like you're describing where you, you gain the zone, you set up, and you go, ooh, look at us, and then you pentagon the puck around the rink, around the rink, and the other team's just kind of standing there going, wow, this is cool. We can just do this for two minutes. And we're going to get paid all the same for this penalty kill. You need to try things that look more five-on-five-ish in order to break through that. That said, power plays have been around for as long as hockey's been around. And there have been strategies. There have been novel strategies. There have been... Hmm, what's a gentle way to put this? Rule-breaking strategy, such as the one created by the great Eddie Johnston, now 85 and still showing up to games, by the way, for the Penguins of the very early 80s. This is pre-Mario 80s, when they set what at the time was the NHL record for power play efficiency with... I don't want to say it was a no-star group because Randy Carlisle won a Norris trophy and he was on the left point. Paul Gardner was in front of the net, really good net front guy. Pat Boutet, Rick Kehoe. They moved the puck around, but more than anything, they moved bodies around. EJ has since described what he did with that power play as being based more on basketball than hockey, where he had forwards and sometimes even defensemen, running picks to create openings for other players. Uh, Yeah, this could have been called interference, even based on the rules at the time, but it was so different that the referee on the ice, and remember back then it was just singular, really didn't feel comfortable raising his right arm because of something that only Pittsburgh was doing. And as a result, the Penguins, they got away with it. I mean, they scored a zillion goals on the power play. They were feared principally because of their power play. And that's not the only example of power play innovation. It's the one that stands out in Pittsburgh history. Believe it or not, for all the stars and legends that came after that team, that's the one that still jumps out. But we've also seen over the decades, different ideas and innovations through the Mario Lemieux years. Of course, it's easy to 
you know, say you, you're innovating a power play by having 66 on it, might have been the greatest power play performer of all time. But moving forwards to the point, cycling guys down, uh, trying double screens on the goaltender, bringing in a Patrick Hornquist and going really old school. There are approaches. There are responsible approaches to working the power play as a power play. There are advantages. There is an advantage in having the power play. There's an extra man, obviously. And what coaches focus on more than anything else with that extra man, and this will more directly answer your initial question, is possession and the time that you have in the attacking zone. Not the same as five-on-five. Because at five-on-five, if you're in there for even a few seconds, it's seen as a pretty good shift. The power play, as I mentioned earlier, you could be in there and just whip the puck around and the other team won't care. But you have everything to gain from two minutes or something close to that inside an attacking zone. That's the main principle here. If your power play is creative and it has players who are innately creative, they're going to constantly find a way to work toward that open man, whoever that happens to be. But eventually, you're right, my man. Got to get the puck through the net and you got to bang. You know, you got to crash. You got to get up there. And my goodness, this team doesn't do that at all. Thanks so much for the question. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll do this again tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.